Eruiti Tutaki's career shifted gears when he went from attending art school to, well, becoming a chef. Today he runs the kitchen at the North Shores RSA. Now, in the past few years, he's featured in cooking shows and operated a food tour alongside Treetops Lodge in Rotorua. Like his cousin, Chef Charles Royal, Eru fuses his knowledge of rongoa Māori with contemporary cuisine. Rosemary Rangitaura visited Eruetsi at Auckland's North Shore, where he whipped up a couple of dishes. Welcome to Takapuna, Auckland, here at the local RSA. Um, we're here to meet Chef Eru Tutaki, so let's go and meet him. Kia ora, Ehua. Kia ora. So you're from Ngāti Reahu? Yep, yep. Ko Tainui Te Waka, ko Puriura Te Maunga, ko Waimeha Te Awa, ko Reahu Te Marae, me Te Meringa Hoki, ko... Iruiti Tutaki Taku Ingoa, kia ora. Tēnā koe. So we're here to talk about kai, kai Māori. So tell me a little bit about what is Māori kai, because we are, we are well accustomed to boil-ups and hāngi, but Māori kai is more than that, ne? Yeah, uh, for, for me, after training as a professional chef for about 10 years now, I've kind of watched professional chefs cook and actually make the links and connection to days of old, how we used to do things on the marae, even right down to cleanliness has all changed. Some things for the good, some things not so good, because you end up missing the um, the techniques and the stories and, and so forth. So. so we've got a private invite into your kitchen then? Yes, you have a private invite. Um, I'll be showing you a couple of dishes, um, or teaching methods more so, um, and techniques, because um, it's through these techniques that truly make it Māori. What are we making today, Edu? Um, today what I'm going to do, I'm going to do a couple of things. I'm going to make up some um, horopito beetroot relish um, and that's going to accompany our steak meal um, that I'm also going to put into what I call a little mini hangi um, because this version is more about say, what I was talking about, techniques. It's the method and the methodology behind what a hangi is but done on a high scale. Okay, awesome. So we'll be also having um, some carrots alongside it um, that we're also going to smoke as well. Kapai. So in terms of making a basic chutney, the difference between a chutney and a sauce is actually vinegar, whether it be malt vinegar or white wine vinegar or any type of vinegar. It's, it's another curing method, but using vegetables. Um, the reason why I like making relishes is more so for um, uh, Nan used to always make um, pear chutneys and relishes and all these other type of things. So um, after training as a chef, and I can't make it the same way because no one can ever do Nan's res res uh, special recipe. Nanny's always made uh, the best. Yes, like even the fried bread, still can't even match that one. But I think it's more the individual passion that not only each chef has, but every queer, komato, and every person that keeps practicing their traditions. So um, today we're gonna to make a horopito beetroot relish. So I've just boiled off um, two beetroot, um, and I'm just gonna peel the skin off. So I've boiled these beetroot for about um, an hour, or hour and a half, or at least until the skin just falls off. I use a grater, and just I'm just grating it straight into the pot, and we're just grating the whole beetroot. So the two beetroot, this will give me probably about um, equivalent to probably 
a kg or just under a kg of beetroot relish um, by the time I add my onions and everything else to it. So now you've got it on yep. the stove or on the gas so uh, just stove? Up the, um, what I'm doing there is I'm actually drawing out the moisture from the beetroot. So what I'm going to do now is just cut up an onion. All we're going to do is just add it into the same beetroot mix. And we're just going to slowly cook it out. So cool. I'm just going to grab our vinegar. I'm using malt vinegar. So this is brown sugar. So it's just raw sugar. You can either use raw sugar or any kind of brown sugar. So yeah, I'm just going to put some hodo petal tips in there as well. That's about uh, a tablespoon. Remind us what hodo petal is. Hodo petal is a family to our pepper tree, uh, which is no different to our koa koa. Fam same family, just a koa koa. Uh, hodo petal has a stronger spice, um, a stronger kick to it. So it's more. Yeah, Māori version of chilli, really. The way I think of Māori medicine is a whakapapa, or genealogy. Everything has a family tree, and everything has a connection, somehow, some way. Um, so there's different types of um, pickle, uh, pickle, pickle. Um, there's some that grow, um, that are edible, some that aren't. Like mamaku fern, the, the big black, furry-looking thing, edible. Is it? Totally edible. It's just how you cook it. Days of old, we'd actually cut the whole stem of the one right in the middle and put that straight in the hangi. So this one here is a real quick one. Um, it's instant mash in a way. When I'm short of peelers, the next best thing is to just go for potato flakes. Um, it's a time saver really. So all I'm adding to it is actually a bit of horseradish. Okay? So I've got my potato flakes here. I'm pouring about 500 grams into a bowl and I'm actually adding hot water. It's the hot water that is actually going to cook the mash. So with potato flakes, it is real potato? It's real potato. What they've done is they've actually um, they've sliced the potato um, into, in a machine so it spits out like real fine flakes. Um, at the end of the day, potato is potato. And Māori love potatoes. And Māori's love potatoes. Really, the, the key thing to this is really just utilising your time, time management. So I've just added about 50 mils of cream. Um, use cream or butter, it's up to you. So do many marae throughout the motu or the country actually use potato flakes on the pa or um, on the marae? I, I think with whānau that, that have whānau that can peel the spuds on the marae, go for it. So I'm just going to pour some of the horseradish. This is going to be... So horseradish is very... Think of it like more... Treat it like wasabi. It's got a bit of heat to it. So, And then I'm just going to season it with our rock salt. So first things first. Hot pan on the stove. I've got a scotch fillet here that is aged. For well, how long? This one here has actually been, like what I do is I actually cut my fillet, my steak fillet, scotch fillet, I cut it and I wrap it individually for at least a week. Yeah. Because okay. by doing it like that, 
it's it's really like usually your meat's red that's like really red 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 by doing it this way here by letting it rest maturely properly when you buy aged meat means it's been sitting for long means that it's only going to take a short while to cook it mm. meaning that if you want it medium rare and all those types of thing it's going to be soft to chew but there's a fine line between aged and old and rotten how do you how do you <laughs> differentiate because if what? it's been sitting in there a week yeah, yeah. how do you make sure that it's yeah. aging well yeah, when you're when you're aging well what i do with my steak pieces as well same thing again salt salt in between each layer it's part curing it and it stops all the kind of bad enzymes in a way because what what makes it go off is blood so you're drawing the blood away from it so now it's just a nice brown well not brown pale red so hot pan and we'll wait for it to smoke again straight in there it's going to spit <laughs> So what I'm doing is I'm calling, this is what we call searing. So all I'm doing is got a nice brown colour on the top. I've just turned it over. That was like less than a minute. Because that's, that's a hot frying pan. I'm, I'm doing kind of two methods here. This is searing it, and then I'll finish it off with, with all my other stuff as well. So I'm taking it out of the frying pan, leaving it to the side. That same frying pan that I've cooked the steak in, I put my tin foil right down on the bottom. Because we're making a hangi. We're making a hangi. In so the kitchen. In the kitchen. I'm putting wood chips, manuka chips on the bottom of the tin foil. This little contraption here. This thing here is what is used for cooking toast. This is a camping toaster. Okay. Oh. So you put your toast on either side, flames underneath, and it'll cook your toast. Mary Boy sees more than toast in there. I see a hangi. <laughs> Grab that steak, put it straight in the middle, yeah. right on top. What we're going to do now is also dob a bit of mash straight on top. Because we can see it's smoking now. Grab our kawakawa leaves, putting kawakawa over our food. Think of it as our large version of a hangi and we're covering it with leaves. Same little mini process. So that's starting to smoke up really well. Put the cover straight over the top, tin foil, tuck it in. And what that's going to do is that's going to actually smoke our steak for us. Hence the term mini hangi. A version of a hangi is actually smoking methods and techniques used. So this is what I can do in the middle of the forest for any guest. So it's slightly smoking. So the heat's still cooking the meat. The meat's getting braised. There's still constant heat running through this whole thing here. What I do now also, when it smokes too much, like it's already doing, to cool it down, I need my little hangi sack. This is actually just a sheet. Just like how we always have a sheet. Any type of normal sheet. So what we're doing, it's been soaking in water. So what this does, this creates the steam and this holds it down because like all hangies you need steam 